Welcome listeners to PPSM's Baby Brain. I'm Samantha Hugolay, your host, and with me today is Chelsea Elker. She is a postpartum OCD survivor, and she's going to be sharing her story with us. Welcome, Chelsea. Happy to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about pre-baby, pre-pregnancy life and what that was like for you? I mean, that was a long time ago. I I don't know what I was doing. I was in college working at a restaurant, had my first baby when I was 21. And that was a surprise, but that was not the baby that I had OCD with. So I was a mom before I had OCD. And even that mom life was pretty carefree. We were always going to parks and the zoo and different museums. And I just thought being a mom, like, is so great. Like I'm good at this. And so I was a stay at home mom. My husband, he travels for work. So he's gone a lot, been like that since my oldest was born. And so it was just kind of me and my little buddy all the time. And it was very carefree, very, I had a little bit of anxiety, but nothing, nothing substantial. So I'm so appreciative that you agreed to come on the podcast tonight and share your story with us. It is wonderful to hear that your first pregnancy went very well and that parenting was going well. Share with us then what proceeded with the next baby. We had my first son and then me and my husband, we didn't get married for about four more years. And so after we got married, we wanted to have another baby. So then we got pregnant pretty quickly and we had Easton about four years after Brayden. So Brayden, he's 10 now and Easton is six. I had him, my husband still traveled all the time. He's gone like throughout the week. He doesn't come home overnight. I was a little anxious, but not, I actually didn't even know that that's what I felt. And one night I was laying in bed and I was, I was nursing Easton and this thought just washed over me. And I thought, what if I smothered him and it, I could feel it. It, the thought was so strong that now I know it was my anxiety saying that I wouldn't do that, but I thought it was an urge saying that I would do that. And then I just remember rolling over on my stomach and laying on my hands and just repeating, like, don't move, don't move, don't move in my head. Because I was so scared about what I had just thought and what that could mean. Oh my, those intrusive thoughts are so scary. They're so real. And they are such a part of anxiety, which people misinterpret as being a thought that has an action and intent behind it. But it is anxiety. And that feeling is your protective measures for your baby to not do that. Right. But I had no idea. I had never heard of that. I was, I was not depressed. I was very anxious. I lost about 30 pounds. I never ate. I never slept. I cried all the time. I would hide under my deck crying from my neighbors. Like when we were supposed to go places together, I didn't tell my husband for about a month because I didn't want him to be scared of me to be home alone with the boys. And it was just really, I finally reached out for medication and that medication did not work well for me. It made me more anxious. Like if I could have crawled out of my skin, that would have been great, but I couldn't because that's not possible. And then I went off of it. And then a week later, I asked if I could try a different medication. And at that time, my OB told me that I was not their patient anymore because it had been past the six week checkup and that they could not help me. And I also, I love, we still have the same pediatrician, but I went to the pediatrician and I said, um, I said, I'm really anxious. I'm really scared. And she said, not about the baby, right? And then I shut down. I didn't tell her anymore either because I didn't know who to talk to. 
we have so many points of system change needed to help support young moms, parents in general, but young moms with any kind of mental health symptom. Yeah, I was, I was terrified and I would feel only liked being in the car with them because we were all safe and I wouldn't stay home alone. I would leave for my parents' house before my husband left and I would come home after he got home. I would count down the seconds till I got home. At first, the thoughts, I kind of was like checking myself to test myself to see if I would act on them. But after doing that for a little bit, it got automatic and I couldn't stop it. And it, it was 24-7 all the time. The checking, the being like, oh, okay, I'm okay. And then checking and then just kind of OCD, like obsessing over it all the time and looking everyone around me. I'm like, I wonder what they think of me. I wonder like if they knew what I was thinking, they wouldn't let me play with their kids. They wouldn't let me be with my kids. Were you sleeping at the time? No. I mean, I tried. Like I would put on like relaxing, positive things, you know, like Hallmark, anything that was like not triggering at all, but I couldn't sleep. And my husband would let me sleep on the weekends and he'd be like, did you sleep? And I'm like, no. He's like, why not? I'm like, I can't. And I would like put Easton in his crib and close his door and have to have like two doors closed between us in order for me to feel okay. How did you come to finding the help and support that you needed? Obsessively Googling for help. <laughs> I um, I kind of knew what was wrong with me, but I, I was kind of scared to reach out, but I finally felt comfortable. I found a therapist in Minnesota who I found knew a lot about OCD and had a lot of experience with it. And I went to them and I eventually ended up at HCMC's mother baby program. My neighbors pretty much had an intervention with me where um, they knew I was in therapy, but I was a skeleton of myself, not getting better. And I'm the person who laughs and jokes all the time. And I was just silent and crying all the time. And they said, we don't care what it takes. You need to go to the mother baby program that you told us about. What a wonderful support you have in your community where you live to help you get that. Yeah, I've been very blessed. I also, during that time, I think it was before I went to HCMC, I did use PPSMs. Is it your helpline or your support where they have, you have people answering the phone? The helpline that helpline and you get connected up with someone who's been through what you went through. Yes. The peer support, the peer support. I did utilize that a few times because it made me feel so good because people are always like, I have OCD and I'm like, no, no, my house is a mess. This is not, I'm scared of me and I'm scared of hurting people that I love. And it was really nice to be able to talk to another mom who understood it and had been through it. So that was really nice. I tell people about that that you guys have all the time. That's great to open that door and understand that you're not alone. That in and of itself, I think is part of the treatment. Yeah, that was amazing. I went to HCMC and I went to their partial hospital program. I think it was two and a half, three weeks. They were able to stabilize me on medications. I was so bad that I didn't even know how bad I was. And then once my brain slowed down, it was, it, felt like the greatest gift I had ever been given just to have a calm mind because I had forgotten what that was like. And then I graduated from their program and still went to therapy a couple times a week or at least a week for about another year and a half. And then I decided I was ready to have another baby. 
I stayed in therapy. I stayed on medications because for me, the reward outweighed the risk, which I had been assured was very low. And I had a baby girl, um, August 16th, 2016. She's starting kindergarten next year. I stayed in therapy. I stayed on meds. I had my support systems and I had no postpartum with her. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So you've been in recovery for a while. Tell us what that's been like and what kind of journey you've had. I kind of wanted to recover quickly. I kind of wanted to not have patience. And I started writing about it really early on, which hindsight, I could have waited a little bit, but I started a blog called not your mom is OCD. Cause I thought to myself, this is not, this is not what I thought it would be. So I wrote about it a lot and I ended up getting hooked up with Lisa Cross. She works at Prairie Care with me. She invited me to speak at a, uh, on a survivor's panel at the U of M probably in 2017, 2018. And she's kind of been a mentor for me since then. And about two and a half years ago, I emailed her and was like, I want to work in mental health, but I don't want to go to grad school right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, um, are these like advocacy certificates, you know, worth it? Would it be worth for me to do something like that? Cause I don't, after going through what I can only describe as hell on earth, I really wanted to share my story and help other moms. And it just so happened that Prairie Care was starting um, a perinatal intensive IOP in a few months. And I just had to kind of be patient and wait for that to pan out and then interview for it. And I interviewed and I got hired after nine years of being a stay-at-home mom. So now I work with other moms in our intensive outpatient program kind of just as a peer support mom who's been there, mom who understands, is able to just kind of support them as they're in the program. Tell us what a day in that role looks like. It's kind of interesting. Every, <laughs> we have a lot of times, like some of the moms will be like, we have our social worker, Katie, and we have Lisa, the lead therapist. And we have Chelsea. I don't know what she does, but she's super funny. On the outside, it makes more sense when we're in clinic because I support Lisa and Katie. So in our IOP, we um, split the day into two halves. The first is process group with Katie, our social worker, and you kind of process what brought you to group, kind of what's been going on in the last 24 hours. And I'm in that with you with Katie. And then the other half is psychoeducation. That's with Lisa and I'm in that too. So when we're in the clinic, I'm kind of another pair of hands in the room because a lot of moms bring their babies. So a lot of times if babies need help or anything, or if moms need help with the babies and they're trying to share and, you know, baby is kind of fussy or needs attention, I can kind of help them out with that. I don't do anything therapy wise, but I will say like, I have been there or sometimes I share little bits of what's happened to me. And so that they know that I'm not just telling you, you'll get better. And I'm not just saying that. And like, I don't mean it. Like, I promise you, I have been there. And I promise you, it does get better. And right now we're on telehealth. So I'm still in group with them. And then I've just started answering our voicemail and calling the moms back to help with scheduling. What kind of words of wisdom would you have for somebody that might be listening, struggling with OCD or a loved one and how they might get connected to help? I would, the first thing I would say is no matter what you've thought, no matter what thoughts you have, like it's worth it to reach out for help because I thought no one has ever had these bad of thoughts. No one, no one understands what I'm going through. If I get help, it will will not go well at first. And 
And it's just, it's worth getting help and reaching out because it's such a big burden to bear on your own and you don't have to bear it on your own. And reaching out for help, your first step can be your mom, your best friend, your husband, your significant other. Letting someone else bear that with you and help you to navigate how to get help is so important and so helpful. Any last words you would like to share with professionals listening? The thing that I, I just always am like, I wish, I wish there was more knowledge. And I know that professionals are learning so much more about perinatal mental health, but OB is like, when you do your six week checkups, like don't just drop the mom and tell her to go find a general practice doctor or pediatricians, teach them more about intrusive thoughts. Just my hope and wish is for intrusive thoughts to be a more well-known topic and thing that people understand more instead of just assuming that it's something that you're going to do and that you're dangerous. Perinatal OCD, anxiety, and depression can be really scary, but I promise there's hope and there are people out there who understand your struggle and who will hold your hand through recovery. And I'm not saying that just because I think it sounds good or because for any other reason, then it's true. And I've been through it. Thank you so much for sharing with us. For more information about Chelsea and her blog, see the description below this podcast.